Hey guys, this is Coach V. And I'm Coach David. This is the Kaizen Karate Podcast. Coach David, we got a great podcast tonight. Could you kick us off? So, yeah, ladies and gentlemen, um, our podcast tonight is about the ages and stages with relative to the martial arts. And um, Coach V and I have been doing this a very long time. You know, each of us have been doing this for more than half our lives. We have a lot of time in the art. And we know a lot of people and have seen a lot of things. And tonight's episode is really about how can the martial arts benefit everybody, whether you're 5, 50, or 90. And that's kind of the whole emphasis that we want to just touch on. We're going to talk about some of our experiences, where we've gone on our journey. And hopefully this will help uh, you with your journey, right? So, Coach V, first question to you is, you started as a little boy. Right, you started, you know, single digits, young young coach. What do you think at your point in when you started? Were you capable of as far as, you know, what you were looking for, like high energy? Was it focus? Like, what was your parents really trying to get? Well, I mean, I think it's important to kind of encapsulate the time that I was in. This is like the the eighties, right? There was no internet, no. Uh, yes, there was TV, right? But no, you know, no internet, no none of that stuff. Um, it's very important to say, I think my, my dad, who was the one who kind of like was getting me into these arts, um, there was also a limited amount of martial arts to, to choose from in terms of something of a commercialized group class for kids. There wasn't the variety that you have today. So it was pretty much Taekwondo, Tungsudo were kind of the big things, at least in the area that we grew up in. So I think what was more important than like which system to train in, which I think you have a better menu of options today, I think it was more so, hey, which is the best fit? Um, I remember going to some school in downtown Silver Spring. Uh, the instructor was screaming and shouting and all this, and that just didn't work out. Um, I went to a different program, and that that was it. That was the one where the instructor was just really amazing with kids. Um, I didn't know what I didn't know. I had no idea what the system was. I had no idea what the style was. All I knew was that the instructor was a great fit, and I saw some of the higher belts, and I think my dad did too, and was like, Oh, really good. And it was also a form of exercise. So I don't think this was like this grand plan of like, yes, we will learn this system and, you know, we will get really good at this style. I think it's different if it's an adult approaching it, right? That's correct. And I, I, I think you know, most people know, I've mentioned this before, I started as a, you know, late teen, early 20s um, young man in my prime physical shape or, you know, close to prime physical shape. And I was looking for something very athletic. And so at the time, I was capable of doing what, you know, I, I call in, in the blog post I wrote, which we'll include in the notes, um, like a medium style. It wasn't a hard style. It wasn't a soft style. It was like a medium style, but it was very athletic. And I did Taekwondo, lots of jumping, lots of turning, lots of flying. It was just a physical art that I was capable of and I enjoyed. And at that time of my life, I was... I, you know, didn't have a wife, didn't have kids, you know, I, that was my focus in life, basically. You know, I, I did that and I worked to pay for that. <laughs> um, but that was, at that time in my life, perfect because I could get injuries, I could take risks, I could put the timing and the effort and the energy that you need to put in to be successful at that stage. So at that stage of my life, it was perfect for me. enjoyed it tremendously. And it was a big challenge. So I really, you know, that was where I was at at that time. Now, of course, you know, you start at one point in your life and you get older. You started, what, at five? I started at five. Five. So as you got to be a young man, like teenager, 13, 14, 15, you 
you started to change, right? Your body changed. How did that affect your martial arts? Um, that's a great question. I think, um, I think I'm going to answer that from two different perspectives. One was, it was about 15 or 16 years old. I started to discover what the weight room was. And, um, <laughs> you know, I was very fortunate. We trained at uh, the local Y, the YMCA. And I remember at the time you had to go through the weight room to get upstairs to the studio where the class was held. So I was just in awe of some of these, like, big, strong people, you know, who were lifting weights. And our instructor, he was like a, he looked like a bodybuilder. And I think there was always this seed in my head, like, I wanted to do that, right? Um, so I, I, I think the long story short is, you know, as I got older and as I, you know, the question is, how did I change? Um, I think there's that. And I think also, you know, UFC and internet and TV and all these things, they, I mean, you saw stuff in like Hollywood martial arts, but it wasn't like, like real martial arts, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Hollywood or anything like that, but I'm talking like for everyday people, you know, that what didn't take 10 takes to do it from a, you know, highly seasoned professional. Right. So I say that because I think coach Dave, when I think back to that, it was when I started to realize there was other systems out there. When I started to realize like, Oh, there was other ways of doing things. I wanted to do other martial arts, but then also we didn't have enough resources to get me into the class. My family didn't have money to do those things. Um, you know, I could do one, but I couldn't do everything, you know, and that was the season I was in. And I, I imagine that your abilities also started to get more and more as you, know, you got more physically gifted, which would allow you to do more like you would have been capable of it had you been able to do it. Correct. Yeah. And I think that's a good point is that I think, you know, as a kid, I think the, the art that fit me the best and I think that fits many kids the best is a Korean based martial arts system, Taekwondo, Tung Sudo. We do Tung Sudo uh, fundamentals with, with our program. I think as things got old, as I got older, you know, 16, 20, 25, there's no question that other forms of martial arts that were more physical uh, came into play. I mean, I think I pushed the limits to the end of the road of what I could have done in the school that I was in at that time. I don't think I left any you know stones unturned. Mm -hmm. But looking back, I think had I st imagine if I started today, imagine if you started today, I think my martial arts journey would look a lot different, just given the resources and what's out there. So, you know, what martial art do you do as a kid? I think it's going to be very different potentially than what you do as an adult. I 100% agree with that. And you're correct. There's so much now in the way of choice options. There's like so many different things available. It's You really have a lot of different things, and it's great. I'm not saying that isn't great. Back in the day, we didn't have it, but I'm happy that people have a choice, and hopefully this might help point people into the right direction. Um, I think for, my, for me, as I started getting older in my you know, late 30s and 40s, and now I'm in my 50s, um, the ability to reasonably practice Taekwondo and um, those kind of spinning hard movements became a lot tougher. I mean, honestly, you know, your body gets wear and tear. Right? You know, doing martial arts is great, but it does have its toll. It takes its toll because you're, you're pushing it and you're, you're using it, um, which is just the way it is. And so we both discovered Kempo, and um, I'd say I, I called Kempo a hard style in my blog article. Um, you know, you, you can banter this about, but I called it a hard style because the goal in Kempo is really self-defense. It's a street art. It is meant to take people out and stop a fight. It's not sport. I mean, yes, you can do go to tournaments and stuff, but at the heart, that's not what it is. And so um, the beauty of it for where I am at my stage, and I think where you're approaching if you're not there, <laughs> um, is that you do not have to kick high. You do not have to do jumps. You don't have to move very much at all. 
Um, it's technique and it's knowledge and using your brain and what bodily skills we still possess. I didn't say we're, you know, you know, they're not digging any holes for us yet, but you know, just the ability to, um, do what we can do and do it effectively is so appealing to me right now. That's one thing that I so love about Kempo and I assume you do too. Yeah. You know, I was always, um, I can think back to my Tung Soo Do days of training as a student in class and as a young black belt, I was always very tuned into what people who were senior to me by age were doing or not doing. I was very, very tuned into what the instructor was saying would happen down the road. Um, maybe it's because I have an older sister who was eight years older, and I think that played a role. You know, I learned very well what not to do. You know, hey, this is what she got in trouble for. I will not make that mistake. You know, <laughs> same kind of concept, right? And I just really tuned into that. And um, I think it's fair to say that, you know, your body changes over time. Um, you know, I'm in my young forties right now and I, and, and I say this with all honesty here, I can still do every single kick and punch in our system. Um, the, the major difference is, is that recovery time is much different than it used to be. It's not like you can train four or five days in a row hard and just feel fresh. You have to really watch sleep diet. Um, I think in terms of training frequency, you have to be really careful. Knees and hips are the big thing. Um, I'm going to give you a quick story, which I know you are aware of. Um, back in 2012, 2012, I think it was, we we went up to New York to do a, a seminar with the the folks in the IKCA. That was the first time I met Chuck and Vic. And I remember I was up in New York, it was September. And um, I still remember, you know, there was a bunch of, you know, 8th, 9th, 10th degree black belts, a lot of 10th degrees who were there. And I think, I th- and I might be butchering the story, but this is how I recall it. It was over 10 years ago now. Chuck, I think, was the only one who didn't have hip issues at that time. And maybe there was one other person. If I'm missing someone, I apologize. But it was, it, it was more the thing that stuck in my head, Coach David, was he was the only one who didn't do high kicking arts. And most of the others, and now adults listening, it's not because he spent one or two years, you know, or anyone's, but I'm talking 10, 20, 30 plus years of high kicks. I mean, I got to tell you, since 2012, I have a, done a gradual phasing down of the frequency of high kicks that I throw. I can still do it. I still, I occasionally do uh, when I'm practicing or if I'm training with others. Um, but there's no question to me that the biggest shift that you make as you go from your 20s to 30s to 30s to 40s is you have to be very, very cognizant of the wear and tear on joints. It's kind of like mileage on the odometer. You know, you can clean up the car, you can polish it up, you can put a new paint job on it, but it doesn't change the miles on the odometer. That's right. You can't uh, hack in and turn it back. Um, I just read a story about that. But yes, 100% agree. And I believe that as you keep going, you you definitely need to be aware of your body. And I, I think that kind of comes with age. You get a little bit smarter and wiser about how to do that. And looking here in the future, and I'm not trying to prognosticate too far, but um, I absolutely believe that if you're in a, at a place in your 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 art, whatever you are, um, that maybe you had had knee issues and you had a knee replacements or hip issues or wherever you are that you really you struggle with movement and you really struggle with motion, there is still hope for you. There are arts out there like Tai Chi, for one where you can go slow and you do not have to move with anything that anybody out there is probably thinking, well, you know, it's a martial art. Of course, it's going to be this dynamic thing. There are arts out there that could absolutely be for you. And I know, like you, we're lifelong martial artists. You know, there's no retirement. There's no quitting. It's going to be, you know, one way out, and that's that's it. But until then, I'm going to be doing something. Uh, you know, I can't tell you what it will be. 
but it's going to be something. And there, I just want everyone out there to know there are options, there's choices. And I called them light styles in the blog, but thank goodness that in my mind that they exist because for me, martial arts is a lifestyle. It's a way of life. There is no other way. You know, this is the way for me. And so I think like you, that is what my plan is. Yeah. You know, I think back coach David to, uh, you know, how we, how we conversations you and I have had about how long we're going to do it. What is our plan? I think the answer is it's forever. You know, it's you do in whatever capacity you can. If you can't kick, punch. If you can't punch, kick. If you can't do either of those, show up. If you can't do that, judge. If you can't do that, help out. If you can't, there's some way that you can be involved. I don't think it's just the martial arts. It's the camaraderie. Um, it's the, you know, in whatever way you can get physically involved, do something. Uh, the benefits far outweigh what you have, the investment. You know what I mean? Like what you have to put in. I have one question. I know we're getting kind of close to wrapping up here. Um, if you had to kind of categorize, you know, a, a martial art for youth, a martial art for 30s, 40s, maybe even 50s, and maybe a martial art towards, you know, a time when you're not able to do or don't want to do high impact, how would you, what's your kind of, uh, you know, Mount Rushmore of the top martial arts in those categories, if you will? Well, for sure, I would say, like, just like you said earlier, the Korean martial arts, Tung Sudo, Taekwondo, that would be like, if you're in any kind of athletic mindset and you want to, you be physical and really, you know, have a lot of fun because it's really, you know, it's fun to kick high and, and jump and do 360 back kicks. Those would be great examples. Any of those Korean martial arts, and there's plenty of others that I'm, I'm not mentioning, but those that would be, you know, why I chose them. Um, I cannot be a higher and more um, substantial opponent for proponent for Kempo. To me, Kempo is such a great art. I love it. I'm in love with it. I've been ever since I you know, first heard about it. Fantastic style when you get to be that middle-aged group like I am, you know, 50s, 60s. I've seen so many high-level martial artists that are older than me that it makes me so happy. Uh, including Chuck, Senior Grandmaster Chuck Sullivan, who's, uh, you know, I, I want to be him, um, performing high-level Kempo in his 90s. So that is, that's where I see that. And pl- there are plenty of others. So, you know, please, if you have them, email us. Let us know what you think. And then, of course, um, I'm interested in Tai Chi. I mentioned that because it's one of the things that I see out there that I will want to pursue. And, um, I, you know, I know that so many people get a very uh, lot of enjoyment from that art. You know, to be fair, that's amazing, by the way. If you, again, I encourage everyone, rewind, right? <laughs> you know, go back and listen to what Coach David just said. I mean, I'll give you this as my wrap-up thought. I, I call it the 10-year rule. You know, I look down the road 10 years, and I ask myself, who's there right now? You know, like, who are the top people performing in that, in that age group, in that age bracket? And I ask myself, do I want to be like that? And if the answer is yes, I keep going and I work towards it. If the answer is a strong, solid no, it's either a yes or a no. It's nowhere in the middle, right? It's either wow or it's not. It's yes or it's a no. If I'm like, wow, yes, let's go do it. Do it. Um, but I think, I think I hear what you're saying. I mean, I feel the same way about Kempo. I think there's no question that as I've changed over the years, um, would I do Tung Sudo again? Absolutely. If I was in those younger age groups. So the question is, what about all of our Kaizen students, adults in the class? What should you do? I think the answer is you, you do it to the best of your ability. You do what you can do. Um, but don't ever feel like you have to do these high kicks if you have injuries, right? You need to tell your instructor about what you're working around. And Kempo is a huge part of our program. Um, so it, we have the capacity to rank our students in both uh, systems. Um, Coach David, as a wrap-up thought, um, you know, if someone wanted to find 
uh, more information about other arts. I know you've wrote, written some amazing articles. We'll link it in the show notes. Besides those articles, what do you suggest to do? Google? Do you suggest to try out other schools? Like, well, How does someone go about finding, especially if they're not in the Washington, D.C. area and they can't link up with us, how do they – how does a, a perspective, not even just a student, but maybe someone to looking to go into another art, how do they make that leap? Boy, there's so that's a great question, and there's so much there. I'll, I'll say some of the, my favorite things are, A, YouTube's fantastic because you can get a visual with the name. Like, you might have heard Shotokan. Ooh, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. But most people don't know what that is. What does that involve? Go YouTube it. Watch a practitioner. Mm-hmm. If you're actually serious about a school and you really, you're you know, doing something specific – Definitely go to that school. Your, your, your parents were so bright and you know, forethought to go check it out. See the instructor that you will personally be learning from, not just the general instructor, but who would absolutely be your Sifu, and check them out to make sure you think that's a compatibility because that would be super important. And then my next best thing would be to talk to someone you know who does martial arts. Everybody knows someone, right? Every, in this day and age, there's always somebody – Talk to them and get their feel because getting someone's personal, like I taught this, I teach with them, I know this person, I always like that kind of recommendation. That works usually pretty well. Coach Dave, as we wrap up, I'll, I'll close by saying this. That was brilliant what you shared. That process, folks, that Coach David just shared, that's not a one- or two-week thing. That's a multi-month kind of an ordeal, you know, to really do your research, to find it out, to turn over rocks. Because once you commit, it's a, it's a long process, a very award- rewarding process, but it's a long process nonetheless. Hey guys, for the Kaizen Karate Podcast, this is Coach V. And I'm Coach David. Be well, be safe. We'll see you next time.